Hello, Internet. It's Tori. You're listening to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. For updates on when episodes go live, follow us on Twitter and Facebook. To join the discussion, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash CosmereCast, where you'll find an invitation to our Discord server. Thank you for listening, and please enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Cosmere Deep Dive Podcast. I'm your host, Mike. Joining me this week are Craig. Hey there. Dave. Howdy, y'all. And Tori. Hello, Internet. And we start a week with good things. So, Craig, what's your good thing this week? My my secondary good thing is that Tori is very confused. You know, Mike, <laughs> but it's Mike didn't record the part that you complained about me being exactly on time. Yeah? Is that a good thing? So there's no context for that good thing. It's not going to make any sense. No, no, no. He's he's saying that Tori is consistent in her hello, internet, goodbye, internet. Yeah. Like, her her intro and outro are always, like, spot on every time. She probably has it recorded. It's on a soundboard. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> okay, okay, seriously, real quick. Uh, I've been playing an old game that I purchased years ago. Um, I like it for some reason, even though I think the, the ratings on whatever on Steam are sort of, like, Meh. Uh, it's called A Valley Without Wind. It's the original. There is a sequel. It has a weird art style. It's procedurally generated, but it's a lot of fun. It's like a, I don't want to call it a Metroidvania, but it, it has something of that vein to it where you have to go get spells that do different things based on what the spells are, and then you do different elemental types of damage, and you kill stuff, and you kill bosses, and become more difficult. For a second? A I uh, for a second, I thought you meant the the art was procedurally generated, and I was like, "Man, how cool would that be?" Dude, that's some spore stuff there. Um, spore spawn. So it's frequently on sale. I must have gotten it on sale at some point. Um, there is a sequel. I didn't like it as much, uh, just because it it puts a time pressure on. Whereas in the original game, there is no time crunch. You can just play and do whatever the heck you want. But it's fun. I like it. Uh, so it. I. I looked it up because I saw that you've been playing it a lot, and it looked to me like sort of Act Razor. Not really. Oh, I remember Act Razor. I mean, you don't do anything of the the city building. It's just sort of you you have upgrades that just get added to the settlement. Um, I guess the combat I could sort of see what you mean by like the combat portion. Like I said, don't don't let the weird art style chase you away. It's it was made by a super small team. Like I I don't even. It's like a, a couple. You should stream it. <laughs> I don't, I don't, okay, we'll see. All right, uh, Dave, what's your good thing this week? Wait, I'm going to sound like an idiot now, because... Why would you let that stop you? Um, because Craig said the thing, and I thought he was talking about something else, but now what I said is out of context. Uh, my good thing this week is, and I know Craig loves this, it's the episode of John Tron where he talks about, are you afraid of the dark? <laughs> <laughs> I it's probably my favorite John Tron episode and it's a two parter. There's <laughs> this like there's like this kid <laughs> and so <it's> a <laughs> I guess hole was the wrong answer. <laughs> uh, okay, he he's referring to the actual John Tron rates like two episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark? It's like what, the first two episodes three. or something? There's uh there's the there's the car, like the guy, like the hag, evil Hagrid that lives in Bilbo's hut. Yep. Um, then there's the Zebo one. 
where a kid steals a, a clown's nose out of a fun house and gets haunted. <laughs> Ew, what a weird old guy. He died. Yuck. <laughs> I read a news article. Watch that episode. I feel like I watch it pretty often. So <laughs> without without girl. having seen this, Dave, you sound like a maniac. You're you're saying you're saying words and phrases that have no connection to anything, and then just laughing. <laughs> that tells you how good it is. Uh, you gotta see it. And <laughs> he like tries to make it up to Zebo. So he buys him a box of cigars. Like where's kid? None of what you just said was words. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm sense. not understanding it. And that's the end of this week's good thing. All right. Uh, Any questions? That's a that's a good energy to move forward on. Uh, so my good thing this week uh, is a game called Gemcraft Frost something Wrath Frostborn Wrath. Hang on, let me. Frostborn Hungers. Craft Five that just came out. Yeah, it's it is so the fifth game in the Gemcraft series. Um, there have been two that are numbered. Those are Chapter Two and Chapter Zero. Chapter Two is the fourth game. Chapter Zero, I think, was the second. Is this Final Fantasy Syndrome. <laughs> it's the naming scheme for the series is just absolutely bonkers. Um, but the game is really the games are really fun. They're tower defense games where you slot gems in towers to shoot monsters. And the plot is basically the webcomic that I just posted in Good Things of gunshowcomic.com slash 30. If you guys would like to click that and read it and see what I'm talking about. I played uh, some Gemcraft before. I, I think I played Zero um, and at least one of the others. I don't know which, but they're fun. Um, chapter 2 is at the moment still my favorite. It's once again, the fourth game is Chapter Two. Uh, yeah, not not a huge fan of the naming scheme for these, um, but it's really good. I, is I there actually, an actual yes, okay. there's not much of one, but there is one. But it breaks down to wizards are bad and have basically destroyed the whole world, and you are one single wizard who isn't bad. Hopefully, trying to sort of fix things if you can. And you're a different single wizard every time. Yeah. But, but yeah, it's you put gems in towers to shoot monsters, and the numbers get really big. And that's that's sort of the draw, is eventually the numbers get really big. I realize that makes it sound really dumb, but that legitimately is like a, a really like one of the biggest thing one of the biggest draws to the game is is how big the numbers eventually get. So Tori, what's uh what's your good thing? <clears throat> well, I'm going to be serious for a minute, because we're reading Way of Kings, and uh, basically every single character on Roshar is a poster child for mental illness, so my good thing is self-care, you guys. You should take care of yourselves. Like, whatever it is you like to do, go out and do that thing more often. If you like scented candles, go buy a new one, and this is the important part, actually use it. And if you like to drink coffee... Really enjoy your coffee. If you like to, you know, go out to eat and you haven't in a while, do that thing. And it doesn't have to be expensive and it doesn't have to be fancy. Just do something for yourself today, guys, and and take care of you because I care. Thank you. Yeah, I can I can get behind that. Uh, I wasn't going to get into this until Dave started the chapters, but reading along this week was extremely rough. 
the these were very difficult chapters to get through for reasons that I'm sure Dave will expound upon. Hey, Dave. Hey. You read some chapters this week, right? Mm-hmm. Cool. You want to tell us about those, and I'll have stuff to say around chapter nine-ish. Okay. So, y- you going to start that? Today, we're going to talk about chapters seven through eleven of Brandon Sanderson, The Way of King, the Stormlight Archive book one. Did you just have to flip your book over and read the cover to make sure? <laughs> I had to see if he was the New York Times bestselling author, but um, this is the British copy, so he's the Sunday Times bestselling author. So I think we should have you read this French or whatever version on my stream instead of next time. Oh, sure. Yes. <laughs> Very good. Wait, side note, you guys. Uh, so I've, I've been studying French lately, and I actually have ordered myself the, the first half of Way of Kings in French. It hasn't arrived yet, because it's oh, coming wow. from pretty far away. But I want to let you know how right. it turns out. And That's a pretty good way to learn it. I can point out one quick flaw in Craig's plan here, <laughs> which is that Dave, to the best of my knowledge, does not speak French. Instead, he speaks German. Or well, some German. He's, he's Deutsch, yeah. See? That was me speaking Spanish. Ich will Deutschland besitzen. Besitzen. I'm sorry, that takes an infinitive. Um, right. Hang on a second. This is a reference. I'm sorry. Besuchen. What's besitzen means own. <laughs> I just said I want to own Germany. I meant, I meant besuchen. Don't we all? <laughs> that story sounds way more interesting than these chapters. Why don't you tell us about Hang the on. time you used to own Germany? Yeah. <laughs> Well, the yeah, problem is he's going to have to say it in German. Besitzen so. means have or own. I meant besuchen, which means visit. Oh, besuchen wow. Besuchen <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, what are we talking about? All right, Mike. Here's where we're, episode starts now. This week, we read chapters 7 through 11 of The Way of did you just look at it again? Hey, I forgot the title. I keep wanting to call it Warbreaker because it starts with the same letters. War. I can't <laughs> tell if he's serious or if he's just doing a bit. I, and, and you maybe like going to cut all this. He's not. No, <laughs> I'm absolutely not. I'm leaving all of this in. Way of Kings, Chapter 7. Anything reasonable. Blah, blah, blah. Someone collected 21 seconds pre-death. Subject was a man in black. I think that was a reference to Johnny Cash and there being a lot of fire. His final words. It does say burn. burn. <laughs> Although my next note says I'll probably forget why I made this reference by the time we record the episode. So wrong again, Dave. Uh, take that past Dave. All right. Chapter seven proper. Soul casting is a smoky business. Shalon doesn't want to steal Yasna's Fabriel. She just wants to switch or emulate it. Shalon goes to the Palladium. Roshar is probably the name of the planet. One more book and Shalon's father can make a piano. Shalon is a nerd. How Shaladad died. Shalon tries to draw Yasna into a corner. Shalon draws like how Brandon writes. Memory is capitalized. Creation spren. Okay, flame spren are just moths. Ten essences? What is this? Prologue 2? I'm not allowed to read this next bullet point because I'm not an ardent, but it means Cybertronian. Oh, wait, I can't read that. We'll get back to that. But the name, um, it would be a palindrome if it were in Greek. 
Shalon, don't forget to lacquer your drawing. Shalon has never seen a smarty pants friend. Brother, <laughs> brother, Cabsol, Fidelitive, the keymaster. Yasna does not look pleased. Man, that's a lot going on this chapter. Yeah, that is right. that is a lot of bullet points. Is, that's like three times more than you normally do this for a chapter. A fair, this was a fairly long chapter, and I was reading this chapter thinking, there's five chapters this week, but the last three chapters were rather short. I think the, the last three chapters were 20 pages. Uh, but yeah, seven was a little longer. Uh, so Shalon is... She follows Yasna to the library, and she figures out which reading chamber Yasna is uh, is planning to use, and she waits for her there. And she, to pass the time or to kind of release some stress, she draws some pictures. Uh, oh yeah, and so she she's carrying this broken Fabriol that her father used to own, and her father used to quote discover new quarries with it, but it's broken now, and she wants to swap it out with Yasna's functional Fabriol so that she can do some soul casting and save her father's house. So she goes to the. I'm pretty sure palladium is the wrong word, but I never remember the right word or write it down. Palladium. Palladium, not palladium. Um, I mean, you're getting closer with your wrong guesses every week. (laughs) I almost wanted to say polonium so that we could have two two different polonium references in our podcast for whatever reason. Maybe next week. Maybe the time for that is next week. We'll see. All right, so Roshar is probably the name of the planet, and I'm pretty sure that I picked that up somewhere else. Uh, I think when I I looked up the word Kremling, it said on Roshar. But anyway, the term they use the phrasage on Roshar. So, you know, you would say like on Earth or on the planet. So I'm guessing Roshar is the name of the planet. The greatest gaming machine in the planet. (laughs) That's another John Sean episode. Oh, man. He's so funny. (laughs) We should cast him as Tongfa. But Tongfa isn't very funny. I know. Uh, no, Tongfa doesn't find him. He fun. has a pet bird. And you know what he does to the pet bird. Yeah, well, I mean. Tongfan wouldn't how, do that. How many times has Jacques exploded? That's true. That is true. All right, Roshar. So uh, we have Shalons in the. And I'm just going to call it a library from now on. She's in the library, and there's like tens of thousands of books. And she's like, my father only owns. 87 books. And that's why I said if he had one more book, he could make a piano out of them. <laughs> because knowledge is key. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, Shalon's a nerd. So, how did Shalala Dad die? I don't know if we got that info yet. If I forgot we it. We definitely if... have not gotten that info okay. yet. Okay. We do get a we do get slight info uh, to that end in Chapter 8. And Shalon tries to draw Yasna into a corner. So she draws a picture of the city of Bells. Townsville? <laughs> Did you ever think it was funny that the city of Townsville was smaller than the town of Citiesville? Like, I don't know. Never mind. That always kind of bothered me. But, you know, we're not. Greenland and Iceland? This this is not the this is not the Powerpuff Girls deep dive podcast, so we're not gonna. It can be. I will. I will turn this car (laughs) around right now. Oh man! All right. So she has memories, which is capitalized, and she draws pictures of them, 
And the creation sprint all gather around. So she draws a picture of the city. She draws a picture of Yeet or whatever his name was. Uh, the porter slash pirate. And Yelm. And Yalb. Yalb. Too many consonants. It's Blay, but backwards. <laughs> Beyblade? <laughs> it does help because it makes me think of Beyblades. Oh, man. Uh, blah, 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 blah. And then she eventually, this was just warm up. She wants to draw a really nice picture of Yasna Colin. And she does, and it's perfect, and it's her best work of art to date. And she can't wait to lacquer it. And then she doesn't. And then this, okay, so then. There's some talk about I want Jet of I want Craig to pronounce the name of the Almighty God of this planet. Um, since he failed me on Windsprint Girl, I need to see it in writing. Give me a second. Can someone type it, please? I'll type it in episode. Remember, I haven't read the chapters yet. I'm, I haven't gotten through. That. <laughs> oh man! Here we go. What? <laughs> That's not it. That is it. What is that? That is the name of the file. Almighty. Craig, are you an Arden? Oh, trick me. And yes. <laughs> and yes, you are an Arden. But you it's... just have Tori read it. She's allowed. Tori's an Arden? So <laughs> only only Ardents are to speak the name of this god. Um, so I'm going to say in quotation marks, Elethanathiel. And I noticed that this name, if you replaced the THs with the Greek letter theta, this would actually be a palindrome. Yep. He spelled the same backwards as forwards. Not, if you count th as a, if you count th as a single letter, uh, uh, yes, and you should. And also, anytime an h shows up, uh, it's it's sort of a wild card. The freebie, yeah. And palindromes are important no, on Roshar. So Shalon could be pronounced Spaqualan. Well, just no. get rid of the h, and it's very close to being a palindrome. Just like Yasna, somewhat close if you assume the H is... Oh, I noted head. every palindrome from this week's chapters. Don't you worry about that. There's bullet points. Um, in fact, there that's... was another one in this chapter. Videladev, the Keymaster, is also a palindrome. And you... I have a parenthetical bullet point. Are all the gods' names palindromes? You may want to stop doing that because there's going to be a lot. It's a palindrome-heavy world. <laughs> it is. Are there a lot of are there a lot of subordinate laps? I'm gonna say yes. I don't know what that means, but I'm gonna say yes. <laughs> it's a word that can be spelled backwards to form another word. Oh, then maybe uh, probably quick not. Side note, quick side note: I I mentioned uh, that I had to stop reading this week's chapters to purchase a book, and part of having to purchase that book was because of. The palindromes. It's actually a book on uh, literary curiosities and like verbal curiosities and spelling and things of the English language. But anyways, I uh, I'm, I'm surprised that you a don't already own that book and b didn't. <laughs> write I hadn't it. heard of it. I could write something like that, maybe. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I ordered it, and probably next week's good thing if I get around to reading it. If I get it. Um, I had to order it from a third-party seller, so I don't know what the shipping time frame is going to be. But anyways, uh, Elephantathiel, it literally means he who transforms, or uh, if you will, a Cybertronian. I'm not sure if he uh, follows Optimus Prime and the uh, Autobots, or if he's a Decepticon, but we know he's a Transformer. He could be from the Beast Wars era. You could be from the Beast Wars era. And after he transforms, does he roll out? 
Only Autobots roll out. I thought. Well, then there's there's where your answer lies. So, in other words, Rayfo. Maybe you can you can Ray. I'm not sure you're gonna foe. Truth. All right. Shalon finishes her drawing of Yasna, and she's about to lacquer it. And she's like, "I wonder how come I've never seen any logic, Spren." Oh, she's also writing a letter. That's kind of important. I don't know. I didn't write that. Uh, she's writing a letter to try to convince Yasna to reconsider her wardship, and she thinks that she's written quite a compelling argument. And she's like, "Where's the logic, Spren?" But they're not here. <laughs> and this ardent. Ardent dude, brother Cabsaw shows up, and he's a younger, ardent priesty guy, and he's pretty cool, and he's kind of uh, does, doesn't really like being shown the deference that most ardents do, and he's really relatable. And I forget why and he cute. mentions he's cute. Don't forget that he's cute. He's a cute boy. And for some reason, he mentions Videladev, the keymaster. I don't know. I guess Vince Clortho got fired. And Yasna shows up and she looks mad. And that's the end of chapter seven. <laughs> yes. Cool. Will that be all? Alright, chapter uh-huh. eight. This chapter seven and eight kind of go together as one mini narrative. So chapter eight, Nearer the Flame, which is like the name of a romance novel in world. No, it is not. Oh no, the, that's I'm sorry. The book the bookseller is trying to sell her a romance novel, but she's like do you have this other book where a guy has to watch his children starve to death instead? Or something like that. And goes insane, and it's written in first person from the perspective of the dude going insane while he watches his family starve. And that's the so title of chapter from. 8. <laughs> Sounds like a real... A real... Yeah, try that again, Tori. You, you cut out pretty bad. I said it sounds like a real winner. There you go. And yes, it does. Alright. Shalon wants to be the word, but she's just a kid. Maybe when she's older. <laughs> I get that reference. Yalb is the cheat. Shalon cannot get ye wardship. Yalb oh, rolls a twenty. Are these all? <laughs> I so badly wanted to make a, a chapter that every bullet point was a Homestar reference, but that's as far as I got. Oh, uh, I'm actually surprised you haven't done that yet. Uh, we'll look. I'll, I'll try to figure it out in the future, maybe. Uh, maybe you can guess which one it is in the future. All right, uh, Yalb rolls a 20 on his gather information check. Natanatan is another palindrome. Shaladad was assassinated by a Shin. Memory is like the pictograph box in Wind Waker. Shot. I did well. I think I had to get ready for work, and I didn't actually write out this bullet point. And I was trying to come up with something clever, and I ended up just writing Shah. And that's the end of chapter 8? Uh, let me let me do a little correction here. Uh, Shaladad not killed by the uh, Shin assassin. Yasnadad killed by Shin assassin. Oh, really? Yeah, man. It was the prologue of this book. No, that was King King Gavilar, Arden- Yasna's father. Yeah. Well, give me like twenty minutes. I'm gonna reread this chapter. How did I misread that so badly? Not sure, but that's definitely what meant. I think. All right. Shalon's not even, or Yasna's not even in this part of the chapter. Is it just Shalon talking about Yasna? Probably. I'm gonna have to look back into this because that's a that's a pretty uh pretty gross error on my part. But thank you. So we still don't know what happened to Shaladet. That's fantastic. We are we learned what we already knew. All right. So Shalon's like, well, 
I need to save my family's household in a very strict time frame. And Yasta said that I can petition her for wardship again if I brush up on my history and philosophy. So she's like, well, maybe I can study enough history and philosophy before Yasna leaves the city. She goes to a bookstore and... It'll just take like an hour. Yeah, she's basically trying to pull a data. She's like, computer, give me all the information on history and philosophy of 19th century Earth or whatever. And then it's like... And then bam, wardship. That's her plan. Let's see how it pans out for her. And now Shalon knows Kung Fu. <laughs> no, that's the Matrix. Yeah, she's trying to Neo it, too. All right, so she goes to this bookstore. She uh, she picks up Yob along the way, who's been cheating at cards with some guards. And he's all too happy to have an excuse to get away from these guys that he just swindled. And he runs into the crowd and, like, five minutes later pops out. And he's like, there's the bookstore district over here. And then she goes and she checks out all the best books that she can find. And uh, the shop owner wants to charge her like 10 bucks. but And by buck, I mean like a jillion dollars. And Yalb shows up. He's like, I'm from the other bookstore. And I want you to come back and buy the even better books for two bucks or something like that. So they kind of... They kind of cheat the book owner, but he also was likely trying to take advantage of Shalon, so... Man, I hate having haggle Cookies, crumbs, whatever. Is that the way the cookie crumbles? What was I trying to say? Anyway. (laughs) (laughs) I don't remember who Natanatan is, but he's a palindrome. It's a Uh, place. It's a place, right. The place where palindrome... uh, In fact, it's the name of the region where the Shattered Plains are. Oh. Oh, it's actually a kingdom, I think, is, is was one of the five kingdoms or something? I or don't no? know that it still counts as one. Uh, okay. But, yeah, well, it's, that's it's another the name thing. of the region. So, Shalon was like, five kingdoms? I thought there were only four kingdoms, something like that. So, she really does need to brush up on her history, I think. And she gives her, she did make a drawing of Yalb, and she gives it to him. She's like, thanks for your help, have this picture. And she takes another memory of him. Which is something that I don't understand, but it reminded me of, like, in Wind Waker, you get the pictograph box, and you can only take three pictures with it, and you have to turn in those pictures to sculptor, uh, but you will need to take a picture of everything, but you can only hold three at a time, and it's really frustrating, because you gotta, like, every three pictures you take, you gotta make a trip back to the sculptor. And then you have so to wait, like, like every hours. Uh, I don't... Uh, well, no, I don't make think so. You make time pass. Yeah, you make time pass for him to make the sculptings, but after you turn in the picture, I think you can go take more pictures. But she's like, uh, she can take three memories, and then she has to draw them, because having yes, too many... exactly like that, Dave. Having too exactly many... She doesn't have to go to the sculptor. Yeah, yeah she only has to do the work herself. Uh, so... Maybe she doesn't have a limit on how many memories she can hold, but it's it's stressful to hold the memories or something. Anyway, I don't know. So she goes back. She and, needs a new micro SD card. Yeah, she uh, goes back to a nearby reading alcove to where Yasna is, and she's studying in her like. Okay, so you know how they keep the money in these little marbles, these little glowing marbles. Well, they also use the glowing marbles as a light source. So she's got like little piddly, multicolored loose chains, kind of tough to read by. And she's 
trying her dangdest to study up and so she can petition uh, Yasna again for wardship. And Yasna's just like, I had some people spying on you. You're not going to leave. All right, you can be my ward. And that's the end of Chapter 8. I mean, it's not quite like that, but... Well, okay, part of it was that she was... She was actually impressed, impressed by... She was, she, she was impressed that Shalon was self-taught uh, more than anything, I think. And also, uh, she also is... Um, sort of scholarship. Around. Yeah, she, al- she also sees that Shalon is interested in the pursuit of scholarship, not just the, per- the prestige of scholarship. And I think that is the, the biggest credit that Shalon gets. Hey, in the eyes of Yasna. related to this... Um, Shalon's natural science sketches are straight up my favorite art in these books. Oh uh, like, yeah, there's one. Uh, there's one in the beginning of chapter nine, actually. Yeah, and I know it's Shalon cool, because um, same handwriting as the sky eel picture. Chill. There's a yeah. It's a it's a chill sketch, and it goes into all the interesting stuff about chills. That's not what I called them. I called them Galapagos hermit crabs. That's also fairly accurate. Um, but yeah, like there's a lot of really great art in these books, and Shalon's natural science stuff is just my my favorite of them. Dave, you haven't really seen any of the other stuff yet. So let's go into chapter nine. I've got stuff to say about this one. All right, chapter nine. Dang nation. Galapagos hermit crabs. Okay, perception bias. People who kill in order to save. Victim. Sylphrena has been following Kaladin for a long time. I forget who Tien is. Silfrena, no! Bible thump. Not Tien dies. Alright, so chapter 9, you see that Kaladin has been on Bridge Crew 4 for 2-3 weeks or so. It's uh, really difficult for him to keep track of the time exactly, keep track of the days exactly. And he recalls how his father told him there are people, two kinds of people in the world. And his father said there are, are those who save others and there are those who kill others. And Kaladin said, you know, what? there's a third type of people, people that kill in order to save, which reminded me uh, about something in Mistborn, I think. Anywho, uh, but then Kaladin was like, I was wrong. Well, I was right that there are a third type of person in the world, but the third type of people in the world are the victims, those who exist only to be killed or saved like the animals in Super Metroid. And so Frenna also talks about how she used to watch Kaladin in the army and how he used to fight and like try to save people. So she's been around longer than Kaladin has suspected. And then a a boy shows up, a new recruit, a new slave on Bridge Crew 4, and he reminds Kaladin of Tien. And if I had learned who Tien was up to this point, I had forgotten. But we get a refresher in Chapter 10, so I'm going to pass by this. And then Sofrena leaves. She doesn't give any kind of explanation, but she's like, I don't know if I can maintain my sentience while I'm away from you, but I have to go. I'll be, I'll come back if I can. And then the boy that reminded Kaladin of Tien dies on his first mission in Bridge Crew 4. And I, I wrote Perception Bias because I thought maybe... You know, it's only since Kaladin is in Bridge Crew 4 that he feels like it has a, a higher casualty rate. But later on, we hear other soldiers and higher-up soldiers actually acknowledge the fact that Bridge Crew 4 is more dangerous and that sometimes slaves are even punished for misconduct by being sent to Bridge Crew 4. Okay, you've got to stop saying crew in there. What is 
the term? Just bridge four. Bridge four? Okay. It's it's incredibly jarring to me. And yeah. You you, you gotta you gotta leave the crew off. Uh I don't understand, but I acknowledge your concerns and I will continue forward as you suggest. Thank you. Uh, and I'll let Mike take it from here. Alright. Um chapter nine is one of the two hardest chapters in this book for me to read. Uh, the other being chapter 11, which we're going to get to shortly, um, because this this really, like, digs in deep on Kaladin's depression. And uh, as we'll learn later, small spoilers for Dave, uh, Kaladin actually has a, like, legit diagnosable condition uh, that I believe, Tori, if you wouldn't mind helping me out here, seasonal affective disorder, I think is what I read. Tori's yeah. actually mentioned that before. It's had something to do with a... Uh... A cool lamp that she bought. Right. It's, um, uh, you just get depressed when the weather is not cooperative. Right. So, there's that, and as as we had described to us, it is rainy, so that could be triggering it. He's got just tons of trauma, some of which you know about, Dave, some of which not quite yet, but you'll get there. Uh, and life just sucks. So there's all sorts of reasons for him to be extraordinarily depressed, and yeah, it could be his dumb, broken brain lying to him, but it also could be that this is just a reasonable way to feel, given his circumstances. And yeah, these are very difficult chapters, for me at least, to read, um, because they do hit home pretty hard. Um, my, my dumb, broken brain lies to me all the time, and it's great! Um, for, for me, uh, depression tends to hit where, like, the stuff that I normally enjoy don't anymore for a while. Like, I can still do the same stuff that any other time would be super fun. And it just, it's just nothing. I'm just killing time until it gets to be later. Um, I doubt this is, you know, unique to me, but I've had 37 years of, of learning how to recognize when my dumb broken brain is lying to me. And I've figured out a way to get around it. But hey, if 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 your dumb broken brain lies to you, and you're in a position where you can, you know, seek out some help for that, holy crap, you got to do that. You you really should. It shouldn't take a podcast telling you to do that. But man, if that's what it does, please, please do that. Don't uh, don't let yourself get to Kaladin's point in chapter eleven, please. My dumb broken brain. When I'm struggling with depression, it. Everything is too hard. Everything is too hard. Getting in the shower is too hard. Making a decent meal, that's too hard. Stopping at the grocery store on the way home from work while I'm already out and the store is literally on the way home. Oh no, it's it's too hard. I can't do it. And But yeah, you get that treated and suddenly the grocery store is just the grocery store. It's it's not like you're having to slay a dragon or whatever. It's it's things aren't really hard. So yeah. This is why you should do something good for yourself. Self care. And yes, self care is totally a form of treatment. Um it can also be extremely difficult to do even even outside of your dumb broken brain lying to you if just you're in a situation where you just don't have money or time. So do what you can, try to survive. Thank you. I, I appreciate you guys sharing that. I it hasn't been my personal experience, and sometimes it may be hard for me to sympathize with others, but uh, hearing you guys talk about it, you know, it makes me feel like I should care a little bit more. Um, 
before we continue on, I do want to talk about the annotation as well to this chapter. If I, are we good? Yeah, go ahead. I'm, I'm <laughs> done. So, so Brandon talks about having to write a character that's like this because, uh, he, 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 you know, teaches other new aspiring writers workshops and stuff like that. And one of the rules is you really write a character with depression because it tends to be very internal and it also causes them to not be active. It's a bad thing for a character to be. Um, having an internal conflict of some type is a good thing, and a lot of aspiring writers with depression, a real thing that happens in real life, real people, it's like, this is an internal struggle, let's try to use this, and unfortunately, it doesn't quite work that well, um, so he suggests for new writers, don't go down this route, however, and there's a, there's a bunch of rules that he has for new writers, and this book, and this series is all about him breaking his own roles to, to sort of like expand and try to get beyond that. Now, of course, he's not an aspiring author, but when he first came up with the story of Way of Kings, yeah, he, he was still new at the time. So he, he was breaking his own rules for the most part. Um, he makes it work is all I can say, but it's, it was difficult. And this, I think he says is probably the most depressing chapter he's ever written. Like one of the most depressing things he's ever written is what he says in the anime. So it's tough that you see can make for some uh, very interesting... So, alright, Dave, lighten us up for Chapter 10, and then just just bury <laughs> us in depression in Chapter 11. Okay. I don't think Chapter 10 is going to do that. Well, Chapter 10 is a backstory oh. chapter. Yeah. It's called Stories of Surgeons. The backstory of Kaladin when he was younger. Alright, here we go. Nine years ago, Kaladink, Surgeon Lyran, Cal mixes up Herald and Radiant. Idiot. Sani will never be able to double deuce. Cal is 10, but Tien is younger. Yam. Wait, is this the same Yam that Shalon likes? We need soldiers and surgeons. Why not be a medic? Could one stop a storm by blowing harder? Cliffhanger. All right. It's always interesting having a cliffhanger at the end of a flashback. So, yeah, we have... What will happen? A little Kaladin, or as I like to call him, Kaladink. He, like he likes the nickname Cal, so we'll use Cal from here on out. Is uh, learning by the side of his father, Lirin, who is a surgeon. And I don't remember if his mother, Hesina, is there or if she's just mentioned, but I wrote down her name. Uh, I think she used to assist in the ER sometimes, or OR, has, I don't know. It probably wasn't as organized as modern hospitals. But anyways, uh, Cal is talking about heralds and radiance and you get a little bit of backstory of the world. Also, uh, I think the radiance were, no, the heralds were like the good dudes. And then the radiance were the people that abandoned the world to the shard monsters or something. Wow, I'm mixing them up too. Idiot. <laughs> Way to go, Caladine. <laughs> Kala dip is more like it. You got it right, though. The, okay. Um, the Radiance abandoned. Yeah, I, I guess the Radiance were the people that we read about in the prelude. They were not, but I don't want to tell you more. Okay. Uh, Sani is a young girl, about 15. She's uh, passed out and she's being operated on, and they have to amputate her middle finger so she'll never be again be able to double deuce. And uh, here we uh, we learn about the fact that uh, Liren 
didn't charge for his surgeries and just lived off. He and his family lived off donations. Uh, so Cal, he's 10 at the time. He has a younger brother named Tien. And whether I had learned his name before Chapter 9 or not, here it is. Tien is Cal's younger brother, who apparently is no longer of this world. And Cal was unable to save him. And he wants to hang out with this older kid named Yam. Yam's father is a soldier, and Yam is just learning how to fight with a quarterstaff, so Kaladin thinks that's really cool. And it <laughs> it was really funny. Back in Chapter 8, uh, uh, Brother Cutie Pie Face, the <laughs> mobster <laughs> capsule, was he left uh he left Shalon with the message, you know, let let Yasna Kolin know that I was here They're looking for. It. And he's like, Okay, so I'll, I'll do something in return for you. What do you like? And she says, Jam? But I thought, you know, it would be funny if I read it as Yam. <laughs> but now we actually have a character with the name Yam or the J, so I don't know. It's probably just a coincidence, but it's pretty funny. I'm really glad you explained that because I wasn't following where you were going <laughs> with it. Yeah. So she, yeah, so Shal- Shalon's like, so the brother, brother Prince Cutie Face is like, what do you want? And she's like, Jam. And I read it as Yam because it'd <laughs> be funny because it starts with a J. It's yep, man. So I don't know if she, but she also says. She's. I think she refers to it with a with a neuter pronoun. So it's probably Yam. not talking about a boy named Yam who would be twenty four at this point, twenty four, twenty five if he's around. Anyway, uh, so uh, Liren wants his son to follow in his footsteps and be a soldier. Oh no, crap! I blew it. Um, so Mike, is that Yelly of the month club? I think it would have to be. Liren wants his son to following his footsteps and become a surgeon but Kaladin wants to be a soldier and I'm like they've got soldiers that are medical professionals they're called medics and we're you yeah, know Kaladin to do actual fighting. yeah he wants to fight because Kaladin Kaladin's father and this is harkens back to chapter 9 when he was recalling on this actual instance when his father says, there are two types of people in the world, those who kill and those who save. And then Kaladin's like, what about those who save by killing, like soldiers, protecting people and so forth? And uh, and then his father says, oh, that's nonsense. Could you stop a storm by blowing harder? Which is an interesting question. I think if you blow in the opposite direction, yeah. If you have a tornado that's spinning clockwise and you blow on it counterclockwise, wouldn't you cancel it out? That's um. That's where storms happen. No, that's where a cold front and a warm front meet. Yeah, that's. Oh, wait, a tornado is already a storm. Yeah, but if you're blowing in the opposite direction, it'll cancel out, it's right? I'm not talking about two different tornadoes combining to make a super duper tornado. Well, actually, if there's a tornado that's spinning, what would happen? I bet the Tasmanian devil would be really good at stopping tornadoes. I if- don't think science works the way although now that i think about it i think the tasmanian devil probably has a dominant side so it's probably easier for him to spin in one direction versus the other so only if the tornado were going opposite to the way he's used to spinning because like i'm really good at spinning around clockwise but if i try to spin around counterclockwise i just it's all sloppy i can't really do it very smoothly but i think that it's either has to do with me being right-handed or left brain. And that's the end of chapter 10. Chapter 10? 
we're uh, we're left with a cliffhanger here. We, will Kaladin become a surgeon or will he become a soldier? We don't know. He can become a surgeon. He might one day become a general or he could become a surgeon general. And I bet he would be one of the best surgeons general that Roshar has ever seen. Well, it's too bad we don't ever find out what happens to him. <laughs> the plural of surgeon general is surgeons general. The past tense of surgeons general is surgeons general. All right. So chapter 11. Let's, Quoth the let's fact bring sphere home, from Portal 2. Chapter 11. Let's bring home the the most depressing part of this book. Chapter 11, Droplets and the Epigraph. Uh, whoever wrote these epigraphs, sure seen a lot of people die. I wonder if he was one of the surgeons general. All right, Chapter 11 proper. Honor Chasm. Yay, Sulfrena is back with Poison. Oh my gosh, it's so dang adorable. Kaladin Bridgman. That sounds lame. Kaladin Stormblast sounded cooler. Hello, new friend Teft. Would you like to be thrown into the crevasse today? Kalek knows that's true. Another palindrome. And that's the end of part one. So uh, we have Kaladin here at his lowest point, and uh, this is the considered the honorable way out of the bridge crew outside of just falling in your duties, which is very, very likely, is to... Submit yourself to what they call the honor chasm, uh, which is basically just throwing yourself in the crevasse between the plateaus, committing suicide. And as he is about to do so, and of course his uh, his good pal Gaz is encouraging him to do so, and but Solfrena, his actual good friend Solfrena, shows up, and she just she really cares. He. <laughs> It's odd how little she understands and how she didn't actually do anything, but the intent, the affection that she shows to him is is really touching. Uh, so basically, she brings him a black bane leaf, and presumably this is why she left in the first place, because she's, in her mind, she's thinking, man, Kaladin was, was so great and so energetic, and he was such a fighter back when he had his leaf. I'm going to go get him a leaf so that he can be back to his normal self. I can't, I can't bear to see him depressed at the way he is. So I'm going to go get him a new leaf. And that's what she does. And she comes back with it. And it's so gosh dang adorable how much she cares and how little she understands about what she's actually doing. Uh, but Kaladin does, does understand the affection, uh, behind this act and he, uh, picks himself back up and he's still going to try his hardest to help his uh, his other members of Bridge 4 survive. He goes back up to Gaz. He demands to be made the bridge leader and he goes and he learns the names of every single one of his bridge mates. Whether or not they want to, even if he has to threaten him, he learns every individual's name so that he can care about them and do what he can to help them survive. And that is the end of chapter 11 and part 1. All right. Um, I would like right now to give a quick overview of Spren uh, with Dave here. So I don't want to go into spoiler stuff, but just just a quick, basic intro to Spren. How many Logic Spren are going to appear? Uh, Logic Spren are actually in use by Dungeons and Dragons uh, and Wizards of the Coast. They're Modrons. What edition? Uh, most of them, I think. I think they've been around since at least 2nd edition. A race of immortals known for their zealous adherence to the principles of law and order above all else. 
So they're lawful, Spren. They're in 2nd edition, 4th edition, and 5th edition. Well, there you go. I only played 3rd. What, they didn't have Modrons in 3rd? Oh, wait. There's maybe the picture. The picture. So maybe yeah, in Monster yeah, Manual maybe. three, but I only had one. You were actually meant to look up the. I meant to look up the smiggly digits or whatever the tattered males. Oh, maybe like I'll remember next week. All right, back on topic. Uh, Spren come in two basic categories. The first are um, they're drawn to natural occurrences. These are things like wind spren, flame spren, rot spren. Um, so, stuff that happens, spren get drawn to it. Life spren are another one that you've seen that are part of this. So, that's that's category one. Category two is emotion. Uh, spren are drawn to specific emotions. Uh, these would be anger spren, anticipation spren, creation spren. Uh, you haven't seen them yet, but uh, glory spren are a big one for that. Fear spren. Yep, fear spren. And that's all I want to tell you about spren. But, just whatever spren you that. see... It's it's one of those two kinds, mostly. Well, we, we want to recap for our list as well. Okay. So Isn't there you go, Dave. Spren were. Now you understand Spren, and you can stop being confused about Spren. I mean, I, I get it. Like, there's the emotional Spren, and there's the environmental Spren. It's just that, oh, like... Environmental, I've, that's really good. I've just... There have been so many types of Spren and similar types of Spren, and I keep taking notes on my phone, like... Autocomplete spread are just starting to pop up left and right on my phone. I love that. Complete spread. <laughs> so, all right, that's that's really all I had. Uh, do we want to kick Dave off and have a quick spoiler section? Yep. Bye, Dave. Or do well, hold on. Do we have spoiler stuff? I always Good I do. All right, Dave. What's your spoiler Bye. stuff? Wait, no. You have to get off and then tell us your spoiler stuff. <laughs> that's called Dave theories. So next week for Dave, we will have some interviews. Bye, Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye, Dave. Bye. All right, Dave's gone. Spoiler time. This concludes the spoiler-free section of our podcast. If you are, as I am, reading along for the first time, we recommend that you stop listening now, as the following will contain spoilers for not only this book, but for other Cosmere books as well. There may also be general spoilers from any other source material. Spoilers begin now. Go, Craig. Spoiler time. What did I have? Um, I did just look up the entry on Sprint, and uh, it specifically says here they're used to create Fabrials. We sort of knew that, but um, and of course, I didn't want to ask Dave for this because it might be spoilery, but they are very similar to Seans from Elantra. So I don't know if he's going to eventually pick up on that. So that's why I didn't want to say anything. But I don't know similar enough to be able to draw that conclusion on your own. They're like cousins because they're. Seans are splinters of devotion and dominion, whereas Spren are... So, according to this, it's fragments of the powers of... Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's it, This gets more complicated because the planet Roshar existed before Adonalsium was broken. Adonalsium actually created Roshar. Ah, even though Honor is splintered, just like devotion and dominion, Spren act as a release valve for the uncontrolled power of Honor. And that's why you can actually go to the cognitive realm on Roshan, because of Spren. How about that? Okay, good spoiler time. Did you have anything else? I did, I'm trying to remember what it is, though. Um, I feel like because Spren could be the tagline for this book. I mean, yeah, so... I forget if it was about... I'm, t- I'm trying to review the um, summary, just because I had a thing I wanted to talk about. Does it have to do with Shallan or Capsule? It might. That's why I'm looking at it real quick. We already know Capsule is a jerk. Riveting. Oh, there's a question. That's right. 
does um Shalon is she ever isn't she is she successful in switching the soulcaster with Yasna? Yes. And Yasna does soul casting, of course she's successful, and Shalon thinks that she didn't switch it right or something. Like, Shalon switched the Shalon switched the soulcaster after Yasna killed those dudes in the alley. Okay. Uh, like immediately after. Uh, right. and then for whatever reason Yasna stopped soul casting around Shalon after that, probably because she figured it was kind of a traumatic thing. Uh, Yasna did do some soul casting uh, before getting her fake soul caster back, uh, specifically to soul cast the bread um, into right, barely when... edible mush. Yeah, and yeah, that that whole series of events is is what went down. Okay, I just need a refresher. Like I said, I, it's been a while. There's a really easy way to do that. I'm getting to. I'm try, I'm actually almost finished the um uh the what the heck is it called the that series that we were reading the prism the black prism. Oh, okay. I gave I'm up I'm on like the first I'm book. on the last third of the last book, so I'm trying to finish that up. And it's gonna. I may get I'm back to it am. at some point, but for now, I'm I'm kind of giving up on it. It starts out s- slow. It gets pretty good. And it goes up and down, like good, pretty good, really good, okay. You know, it's it's around there, but it's fun. Anyway, but yeah, for about this book, um, I really do like the scene where Sil comes back. She doesn't know what it was just that he had determination because he had a drive, he had a goal, and the leaf is the symbol of that, and Sil bringing it back. It's such a good scene. Like, we also get a a reveal here that I don't think Dave picked up on. Uh, that Syl has been around Kaladin since at least he was the time when he was in Amaram's army. Ah, oh, right. It's going to be a while before we find out she's actually an honor friend, though. Correct. That doesn't show up until almost the end of the book. Oh, and Dave was asking me to pronounce the the god or whatever. I had no idea who he was talking about. I'm just like, I don't want to say honor because I don't think he knows. Yeah, same. It's. I think it gets a mention here once and then never gets brought up again. That's why I'm like, I don't know what he's talking about. And it's Dave's most like, likely not. Important. I'm like, it's not. It really isn't. It's most likely not even talking about honor. It's probably talking about one of the uh, one of those guys, the heralds. One of Thank the heralds. you, because they all have like thirty names, and most yeah. of them don't matter. But I do right. like the brief talk we had about palindromes because all of the god type that people have palindromes, and, and most light eyes have having. Huh? Most light eyes have palindrome adjacent names. Yes, exactly. Um, and I yeah. like how he pointed out how if you replaced the TH with Theta, then it is a palindrome. Well, because we we know that on Roshar, that is how you do. Indeed. I didn't even think about that before. That was, that's pretty cool. And, and that's And yeah, yeah like the, letter, the letter H is a, is a wild card. Wild card. All right. So yeah, next week we're going to talk about Erebus and that's well, what I, really I had one more thing to mention from chapter 11 um, Please that I so. noticed. Um, so when Cal is on his way to the chasm, um, it, it mentions that, you know, he's gone out in the storm way before anyone else is going to go out in the storm. Like it's still actively stormy time when he walks out and as he's approaching the chasm, um, I don't remember exactly what it said. I should have wrote it down, but just that he felt like his head was clear for the first time in a long time. And you can, you can read that as, yeah, now he's, he's he's off to kill himself and and so he's committed to the action but it could also be that he's getting some benefit from being out in the storm like stormlight like 
fucking little boost of investiture and he doesn't know why yet. Right. Oh, there's also mention of uh, um, things in the storm that, like, destroy stuff. And you're led to believe that this is this is just the storm front, like, throwing boulders around and destroying stuff. And it probably is that for the most part. But there are also things in the storm. That is That is a key thing that we need to remember because it gets mentioned a few times and we never see any actual confirmation of it. But they're there. I'm telling you, they're there. There's things. Walking around in the storm. It's weird. Creepy. Man, this planet's weird. And the Stormfather is a spren of the High Storm, making yep. him a uh, a natural occurrence spren. But he's also attached to the Cognitive Shadow of Honor, making him more than that. One of the... It has, there's a term for it, because there's like three... There, there are three that... big spren that can be attached to Bondsmiths. Uh, we don't know for certain what the other two are, but... My guess is they are likely uh, the Night Watcher and Husasesh, the Protector, who we'll see in next week's interludes. No, we'll see in, I think, the second round of interludes, because that's when we get to Axie. Yeah, oh, yeah. This this next round is uh, the Pure Lake thing with the 17th Shard, uh, and then Nanbalat, uh, Shalon's brother, who flips the legs off of crabs and raises axe hounds. Which, how cool are axe hounds? Those are pretty, pretty cool. cool. Yeah. They're crab puppies. One cool. Crab puppies. Yeah. So, unique spren. This is from the Coppermine wiki. Some pretty neat stuff. Um, you mentioned the, the three main ones, uh, as well as the, the unmade are also spren. Oh, I have a theory about them that I want to get into before the fourth book comes out. Um, remind me about that at some point in spoiler time. Not this week. Okay. And they, of course, have special abilities that they have some special effect or something like that, as you know. Now, we talked about Bondsmiths being able to spawn uh, bond to three great spren, but there's also unmade will bond with people. So I didn't remember this. It must be from Oathbringer. Uh, Yelignar grants the use of all ten surges to whoever swallows a gem containing him. Yep, that's what Amaran or the Amaran. Is that what happens to Amaran? Yeah. He, like, oh. chokes down this massive gem and just barely doesn't, like, actually choke on it. And then he's got all these powers against Kaladin, but he doesn't know how to use them, so Kaladin's still better. Because Amaran's a jerk. And Kaladin got to kill Amaran, and yeah. he got that closure. Now, you just have to deal with him. It probably would have been healthier for him if someone else had done it, but we can't have a Stormlight book without putting Kaladin through psychological torment. <laughs> True. All right. So cool. Got to So all right. Uh, I think I'm gonna go ahead and end it here. Bye, everybody. Night, internet. Bye. This has been the Cosmere Deep Dive podcast. Follow us on Twitter at, at @CosmereCast or like us on Facebook. Our theme music is "Traveling Made Up Continents" by Gillicuddy, used with permission. Hear more from him at the Free Music Archive. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.